Carolina walloped Virginia on Thursday night in the ACC quarterfinal. You know, it was a low-scoring first half, though. Carolina only led 19-13 at the break. Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. That was Brady Manick that led Virginia 19-13 at the break. Yeah, that's right. Brady Bird outscored the Cavs by himself in the first 20 minutes. We're going to unpack the whole thing, plus my shady stat of the game, and a look ahead to Friday night's semifinal matchup against the Virginia Tech Hokies, all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Tar Heels. <laughs> Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, March 11th, 2022, and there is baseball in the air. Thank you, goodness gracious. We're going to get some baseball finally. Let's go chop on. All you Braves fans out there, you know what's up. Sign Freddie Freeman right now, Atlanta Braves. Let's go. (laughs) Welcome into the Locked On Tar Heels podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Isaac Shade, and it is a great day to be with you. We are reveling in Carolina's victory over Virginia last night, Thursday night, and looking ahead to a state championship in the state of Virginia as Carolina will take on the Hokies tonight, Friday night. I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every single day. And please don't forget that we are free and available on all podcast platforms. And my word, this is the end of the second week on YouTube, and I am overwhelmed by the way you folks are coming out, diving into this thing. We started this week with 100 subscribers on the Locked on Tar Heels YouTube channel, and last I checked, it was like five or six shy of 400. So in less than a week, 300 new subscribers diving in on YouTube. What is up? Those of you who are watching on YouTube, thank you so much for joining us. What on earth is happening? It's great to be here. By the way, is it semi-final or semi-final? I've always wondered that. I feel like I go back and forth. It's like amen or amen. Whatever. Raymond or ramen. Ramen definitely on that one. I'm going with semi-final. I like that. Makes me think of a big truck. Anyway, Thursday night, ACC quarterfinals, North Carolina 63, Virginia 43 in a game that was never close. There was no hangover for the Tar Heels coming off the Duke game. I was worried that they would be emotionally or physically or mentally taxed. No siree, Bob. They went out and did it. That is a testament to the coaching staff keeping this young man, these this young men dialed in and focused on what they are doing. If there was any remaining question about Carolina's tournament status, those have all been answered. These Tar Heels are going dancing for sure. They already were, but now there's no denying it. And here's the headline for me. Write this in big, bold print. Carolina is peaking at just the right time. Our man Hubert Davis is channeling his inner Roy Williams and has his team rolling at just the right time time, right? You remember all the Roy Williams teams. It's November and December. Everyone's grumbling. Why Why is this team, this Tar Heels team losing to them? They should never be losing to them, but here we are losing to them. 
But then every year, come late February into March, winning, winning, win. Oh, I'm sorry. What's that? All of a sudden, we have a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that's what Roy Williams teams do. They build to a peak at the right moment. Seems like that's what's happening with Hubert Davis. Now, this team will not be a one seed, but boy, oh boy, have they come on. Listen to this. Mid-January, remember what was happening? Back-to-back games, Carolina lost at Miami by 28, and then at Wake by 22. At that point, they were sitting at 12-6 overall and just 4-3 in the ACC. You know what the Tar Heels have done since then? 12 of their last 14 they've won, including six straight. They won their five final road games to finish 7-3 and three in ACC play on the road. They're now up to 24-8 and eight overall. They were 15-5 and five in the ACC. Things are going well. I-, I checked after the game on Thursday night. Carolina is up to 25th at Ken Palm now. Uh, they are, as you probably well know, 25th in the AP poll that came out this week. Um, at the, as the time of recording this, the new net rankings haven't refreshed on Friday morning, but Carolina was 32nd going into the Virginia game. So you got to think they jump into the top 30 of the net. Things are going very, very well. So on the back of all this recent success, here's what it means. The only nerves Carolina will have on selection Sunday. The only thing they're going to be sweating is the anticipation of Not do we get in, but the anticipation of where are we in? What seed are we? Who are we playing? Where are we going? Let's get on the road. Let's figure it out. Who do we have to go up against? And the biggest hope now then with thinking about seeding is that you've done enough or have the opportunity to do enough Friday night, and if you're lucky enough to win that Saturday night, to move yourself off of that 8-9 game, right? Because in an 8-9 game, hypothetically, if you win that, then you're going up against a number one seed. And obviously, Carolina has proven in the past they can do that and go on even to a Final Four, as they did in 2000. Thanks, Ed Coda. We love you, brother. But that is not an easy task. And so the, the hope for the Tar Heels is that they've done enough to maybe move up to even the seven line. Got to think that one more win against Virginia Tech would definitely do that. As of uh, last, as of Thursday night's bracketology from Joe Lenardi of ESPN, he had Carolina on the eight line. And so you got to think, let's move up to seven with one more. Now, uh, of course, in an 8-9 game, it doesn't matter much to have to play a one seed if you can't get out of that game and lose to Wisconsin as the Tar Heels did last year. So really, really, really want to move up to seven or who knows when the ACC tournament, you, I think six is probably the ceiling. I don't think they could go higher than that, but, but you never know. Well, a big part of this success that Carolina has experienced is a better understanding, I think, of of the role definition for the team. And that's true of of any athletics team, any, any band, any business team. When people understand and accept their role, that's when things really begin to take off. An example from Thursday night's game. Sure, Caleb Love and RJ Davis struggled to shoot the ball, and Caleb Love, as he often does, pressed a little bit. They combined to shoot 6 of 23, including only 2 of 10 from 3 range. But you know what they did do? 11 turnovers, 1 assist combined between the two of them. That's what you need from your backcourt. 
in March in the postseason. That's going to take you places. So going back to where we started this conversation, Roy Williams, Hubert Davis, their, their teams, in, at least in Hubert Davis's first year, have proven to do similar things. Taking a long, long time to ramp up, but then, man, they are going now. But you want to know a difference between these two men's approaches to coaching this team? Coming into this season, Carolina had lost seven straight games to Virginia under the Roy Williams regime. Now, this is not a bag on Roy Williams moment. This is a praise Hubert Davis moment. Because do you know Hubert Davis's record against Virginia? Yeah, he's played them twice and he's won them both. He's 2-0 in his career, beating the Cavs by 16-plus in both games. You know the last time Carolina beat Virginia by 16 or more points in back-to-back games? You got to go back to 2005. That was a pretty good year, I do believe. January and February of 2005, Carolina did that. Again, this isn't bag on Roy Williams time, but it is a, it is a hey, maybe Coach Davis is on to something here. And now I know Virginia is not a good offensive team, right? And so that's a thing. But they have been playing decently well. And I know this wasn't a pretty win on Thursday night, but what game against Virginia is a pretty win? I've never seen one in the Bennett era. And honestly, on a night where Carolina shot, frankly, terribly, 38.5% from the field, 26.1% from three, they won by 20 points. Their lead never dipped below 18 in the second half. And against Virginia, a margin of that type is like 8,000. They're doing good things. They're moving in the right direction. Carolina is in great shape moving forward. Have a chance to improve that placement even more. But before we move on to talking about Virginia Tech, we're going to dig into the nitty-gritty of the game a little bit, including a historical achievement for Armando Baycott, who is also closing in on another one. What are those achievements? More on that in just a moment, but first let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bars are great candy bar replacement options covered in 100% real chocolate. Some of the great flavors include mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new is white chocolate, cookies, and cream. All of these flavors are delicious, and they're putting out new flavors all the time. I don't know how they do it because they taste great, but they're also healthy. Way to go, Built. Typical candy bars have anywhere between two to 300 calories, but these Built bars, most of them are checking in at just about 130. In addition to that, only four grams of sugar, only four net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. That's awesome. And so if you want to check this out, go to, lock, uh, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Also, I want to ask you to make sure to check out our Bracket Breakdown show. The Locket, the Locked On Bracket Breakdown show is going to release on March 14th, the day after Selection Sunday. You'll see it right here in the Locked On Tar Heels podcast feed, or if you're watching on YouTube, it will be there as well. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling are going to give you in-depth breakdowns of every single matchup. Okay, let's get back into this Carolina-Virginia game. Again, the Tar Heels win 63-43 to to move on to the semifinals. Semifinals. I said I was going to say semifinals. See? We got to decide. What do you say? Let me know. Let me hear it. Holler back at me. Okay, 
Carolina, Virginia. Let's start with Brady Manic. I, I mentioned off the top that, that Manic had more points in the first half than Virginia did, 19 to 13. This is hilarious. In fact, even in the second half, Manic still led Virginia until there were 14 and a half minutes left in the game. That's just silly. Virginia's 13 first half points was the lowest first half total in an ACC tournament game in the shot clock era. Yikes. The game was tied at nine early on, and then from that point, Carolina went on a 24-4 run in the final 13 minutes and one second of the game. So that means Virginia scored only four points over the final 13 minutes of the first half and didn't score a single point in the last 6-15. Yikes, that is ugly. Anyway, Brady Manick, this dude is cooking. He is on fire. He has hit multiple three-pointers in six straight games and has hit at least one three-pointer in 23 straight games. In Carolina's 32 games this year, Manick has only failed to make at least one three-pointer in two of them. Pretty glad this dude transferred. <laughs> All right, on to the shady stat of the game. We got to have this after every game. And I've got very, very sad news. I do not have my sunglasses. I left them in the car and I do not have them. You know what this means? I need a sunglasses sponsorship. Anybody out there run like Sunglasses Hut or work in the eye business, hook a brother up. Let's get some ad revenue going for sunglasses, some shady shades. I love it. Let's do that. We can make that happen. The shady stat of the game, Armando Baycott. 10 points, 11 rebounds, notched his 24th double-double of the year. A historic moment. Why? Because the most double-doubles in a single season in Carolina history was Bryce Johnson in 2015-16, who had 23. That mark has fallen. Armando Baycott has the most double-doubles in a single season in Carolina history. So I referenced something historic he had already done. It's that. I also mentioned that he's on the verge of another historical achievement. Only one other Tar Heel in Carolina history, Bryce Johnson, that same season, has reached 400 rebounds in a single season. With Armando Baycott's 11 in Thursday night's game, he is sitting at 398. So against Virginia Tech tonight, Friday, he needs just two to become the second ever Tar Heel to record 400 rebounds in a season. And if he can get up to 18 total, either in tonight's game or combined tonight's game and any other games Carolina has, he will tie Bryce Johnson, and so 19 would set a new Carolina record. I think Baycott is going to get there. This is easily in reach. You got it. I get buckets. Do it. Here is probably the best news coming out of this game. There's been a lot of talk and concern, and I'll just say the word consternation over Carolina's substitution patterns this season. Coach Davis runs a shorter bench than did Coach Williams. In fact, we all know what happened at uh, Cameron on Saturday night. All five starters played all 20 minutes of the second half. And so this huge, big win on Thursday night is great because it allowed Coach Davis to get uh, some help for the starters. Nobody played more than Armando Baycott's 34 minutes. And so everybody should be fresh and have pretty decently rested legs ready to go tonight on Friday. Another thing, we 
you know, I talked about Caleb Love and R.J. Davis's lack of shooting well. Love, it's a, it's a trend now for him, has not been shooting well for a while. But he's not allowing that to affect his shooting at the free throw line. You know, I've been talking a good bit, if you've been tracking with us, about how well Carolina is shooting as a team. I, I had talked about how uh, coming into this game, Caleb Love had the highest career free throw percentage in Carolina history. He missed one tonight, his his fifth attempt, and so dipped just slightly below Shamond Williams. He led him by 11 hundredths of a percentage point coming in, and so missing one dropped him just into second place. But coming into tonight's game, Caleb Love had made 36 straight free throws. He hit his first four tonight, so... Before that miss, uh, as his fifth attempt of this game, Caleb Love had made 40 straight free throws. That is something serious. Way to go. Here's another thing I've been noticing over the past several games. Over the last three games, Carolina has only committed a total of 20 turnovers. That averages out to 6.7 a game. You might recall I had been harping on how poorly Carolina had been protecting the ball before those three games uh, had I believe it was either 13 or 15 or more in each of those. But they have been holding on to the ball lately, and that is a great, another great sign going into March, something that the Tar Heels need to continue to do. Important, important, important. Do that again against Virginia Tech tonight. All right, my favorite play of this game. Go, you need to go back and watch this. It is around 5.27 left in the first half. Just look for 5.30 left in the first half. R.J. Davis drives to the basket, misses, and somehow this little six-foot-nothing dude from New York, because he's tough, gets this insanely acrobatic back as he's falling into the stanchion and out in, uh, across the baseline. Go back, watch this play. Seriously, go back and find it. R.J. Davis has found something, uh, has been driving quite aggressively, is finishing more consistently in the lane. In fact, look at, look at the box score from this game. R.J. Davis, you ready for this? He was only 4 of 13 shooting, okay? That's not great. 0 of 4 from 3-point, you don't see that from him. But he had 8 points. He had 6 assists. And a career-high eight rebounds. R.J. Davis, my six-foot dude, had eight rebounds. That's almost triple-double numbers. Eight points, eight rebounds, six assists. And I know it's several off in each category, but a, a six-foot-nothing dude had eight, eight, and six. Homie, I love it. Or, I Davis it. <laughs> R.J., keep it going. Keep running this team well. You, you are doing what you need to do, and that's what teams need to succeed in March. All in all, an imperfect but completely dominant win for Carolina, who can now look ahead to a semi-final matchup on Friday night with Virginia Tech. And now... The Tar Heels can go out, complete a, a season sweep of the state of Virginia. Right now, the Tar Heels have beaten Virginia twice, Virginia Tech twice, and so they can go out and be 5-0 and against the state of Virginia uh, ACC teams this, uh, this season. How are they going to do it? We're going to talk about that in just a minute, but first let me tell you about Bet Online. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is going, boy. NBA is getting into that home stretch. We're in championship week of college basketball selection. Sunday is two short days away. Get those brackets ready. From all the latest odds, 
totals, and player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs, plus game scores, podcasts, and all the latest news. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net's College World Series championship odds are out. Look at it. Texas is leading the way. Carolina's having a great start to the season. Their odds surely are going to grow. Maybe you can still get it at a discount. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Friday night, tonight, 9.30-ish. Again, boy, I need a nap. Anybody else? Boy, oh boy. Take a Friday afternoon nap. Get ready to stay up late. This game will tip at 9.30. It's going to be 10 o'clock Eastern time, let's be honest. That first semifinal is going to go forever. Everyone's going to talk about Duke and gush over Coach K. Whatever. Buckle up, it's going to be a long night. Okay, Virginia Tech, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, again on ESPN. Carolina, as I just said, is going for a season sweep three games in a row. You know how hard it is to beat the same team three times in a row, but Carolina's going to attempt to do just that. Game one, let me let me run back how the first two games played out. Game one at Virginia Tech, Carolina won by 10, 78-68. Caleb Love led all scorers with 22 points. Armando Baycott had a typically dominant game, 14 points, 20 rebounds, five Tar Heels finished in double figures. A nice double-digit road win for the Tar Heels. And then game two, back in Chapel Hill, this one was a bit closer, an eight-point margin, and so you see not too much separation in these teams. Love, Caleb Love led all scorers with 21. I'm sensing a trend here. Yes, that's right. Caleb Love has averaged 21.5 points in these two matchups with Virginia Tech. He likes those ugly orange and maroon colors from Blacksburg. I don't know what's going on there. Armando Baycott. Second game had another great one, 12 and 15. And so he's had at least 12 and at least 15 rebounds, uh, at least 12 points and at least 15 rebounds in both of these Virginia Tech games. And so that's who we're going to be watching to dominate things. Uh, A note on the last time Carolina played Virginia Tech is they had 15 turnovers. And so as we just talked about in in the second segment, Carolina is really doing a great job of protecting the ball, and they need to do that again tonight against Virginia Tech. Well, if you've been tracking with me here on the podcast, you know that when we've been doing game previews, what I've been doing is calling it the Four Corners Preview and a little ode to Dean Smith. So let me give you my four corners, my four keys that I will be looking for on Friday night, late night, if I can keep my eyes open, right? We're going to do it. If British Tar Heel can stay up till 2.30 a.m. to watch his time to watch the Tar Heels against Virginia, you and I can do it here in the States. George, shout out my British brother. Okay, four corners. Number one, stop Keve Aluma and Justin Mutz. That is the key. They are the offensive juggernauts that drive this thing. In the the first game, they had 19 and 18 points uh, respectively. Two other Hokies did score in double figures, but there there was separation. I think it was like 12 and 13 for the other two guys. Mutz and Aluma are up at 19 and 18. The second time around, the second time Carolina and Virginia Tech met up, they were the only two scorers in double figures. And so Carolina has to hold these two guys in check. Make somebody else beat you. It's like um, Georgia Tech this year had just DeVoe and um, you know two scores that were really their, their go-tos. And if you can hold them 
them down, you got a good shot. And so what Carolina's going to have to do in this game is force somebody else other than Aluma or Mutz to beat you. Um, Hunter Couture can always get hot, but he's going to have what I call a leaky black problem. <laughs> tonight. And so Couture is probably not going to be doing much. And so really, again, it's a Luma, it's Mutz, shut those dudes down and get out of there with a victory. Four corners, number two, avoid the three-point barrage. You, you remember, right? Virginia Tech's coach, you know where he used to be? Wofford, they bomb threes from everywhere. That's what they're trying to do. Now, interestingly, I looked back at the box scores from the first two games against Virginia Tech. It's actually the Tar Heels who combined in the two games have shot, taken more three-point attempts than Virginia Tech. Carolina took 47, Virginia Tech 44. So that's kind of funny. But you know Virginia Tech is looking to get their shots off from behind the arc. A big part of them not being able to as much is uh, Leaky Black getting all up into Hunter Couture and running him off the line. But here's the thing I think that I see for tonight's game. Virginia Tech is probably going to be more tired than Carolina is. They've been playing longer. And so often, what does that mean? You're tired, your legs are hurting, you settle. Yes, by the way they play, there's, they will drive and they will attack, but not as much. Because when you're tired, you just, you just end up settling for threes. And hopefully, as their energy wanes, your, your legs aren't giving you as much lift and shots are falling short. But you just never know when somebody or some team is going to get hot from three. And so they could be on fire. Who knows? But Carolina has to avoid a monstrous three-point barrage from Virginia Tech. Four corners number three. Let's put this one down here. <laughs> Who is fresher? Right? We just talked in the, in the three-point barrage about the poten potentiality for Virginia Tech to have uh, more tired legs. This is their third game in a row. They didn't get uh, the double bye. They had a single bye, and so they had to play Wednesday. They had to play Thursday, and now they will be playing tonight, Friday. Here's what's interesting. Virginia Tech's first game went to overtime, and so five extra minutes on those legs. And listen, every little bit in these back-to-back-to-back -back -back days makes a big difference. And so, Carolina, how can they take advantage of that? How can they just run, uh, just try to get into those legs, uh, weary Virginia Tech out? That will be a key to watch. Maybe not as much in the first half, but how can Carolina really exert their fresher legs in the second half against the Hokies? And the final, the fourth corner I'm looking at, let's put it over here. Who wants it more? And I, I know that sounds like a kind of general question, but... but about it in terms of like a bowl game you know how bowl games people just don't care like when you're trying to do a bowl pick them it's like well yeah i know what the spread is but who actually cares to be playing this game if it's not a cfp game or a new year's six game and and we're kind of in that scenario with this because yes both teams are wanting it but virginia tech is desperate right now carolina on on the basis of their duke win What's up, Coach K? Hashtag retire, uh, ruin a retirement party. On the basis of that win, on the basis of last night's win over Virginia, Carolina's in. Yes, they are still playing for seeding and want to get a better seed. Again, like we talked about getting up out of that 8-9 game, hopefully. 
But Virginia Tech is on the outside looking in by all measures. Um, they, they are in the discussion and they are in the conversation. They're close. And so because of that, they are desperate for this win. Because I, I think, and, and I've seen several bracketologists who say as well, that if they can make the ACC championship game, they are probably in. Remember, Virginia Tech was a team that at the beginning of the season, uh, a lot of experts, a lot of national college basketball pro- prognosticators assumed that Virginia Tech was going to be part of the upper echelon of the ACC. And they got off to a miserable, miserable start, but they have won 11 of 13, kind of similar to what Carolina has done. Of course, one of those two losses is to the Tar Heels. And so uh, Virginia Tech is is desperate and hungry. And so while they might be a little bit tired, there's going to be adrenaline kicking in. There's going to be the, we win this game or we're in the NIT, right? And while the NIT is fine and it's great and you get to play at home if you're a high seed, it's just not the NCAA tournament. And so um, ultimately, who wants it more? I think it's Virginia Tech on paper. But how can Coach Davis and the coaching staff get it into these young men to keep playing hard? And you know they want to win these games, but what can Carolina do to give them that edge over Virginia Tech? That's what we're going to have to wait and see. Ultimately, my call is that Carolina wins this game by six and gets into the final where it's going to be a rubber match with the awaiting Duke Blue Devils, another chance to ruin another retirement party. Let's let not let's not let Coach K get that ACC tournament championship in his final season because you know Duke cares about that more than the ACC regular season. All right, that's it for today's episode of Locked On Tar Heels. Please, if you would go subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, go subscribe there. For those of you watching on YouTube or for those of you that aren't but want to check it out, would love for you to join in with us in the visual medium as well. Please go hit subscribe on YouTube, hit the bell so that you get notifications every time a new episode drops. And that's every day, Monday through Friday. Also, would love for you to follow the show on Twitter. We're dropping uh, content and information and updates all the time. That's at Locked on Heels. Would love for you to follow me. I'm I'm full of all sorts of information. And for those of you we talked about baseball, you Braves fans out there, man, I'll have all sorts of good Braves content too. And so you can follow me on Twitter. You see it right there. Send the show an email, lockedontarheels at gmail.com. I got all sorts of folks that stay in contact with me a lot of the time, uh, texting or emailing and asking questions. Love to have those conversations. And as always, if you like what you're hearing, please tell a friend and get them into this community. Coming up tomorrow, no, coming up on Monday, we're going to recap the Virginia Tech game. If Carolina wins that game, we're going to recap the uh, ACC championship game. By that point, we're going to know where Carolina is at for the NCAA tournament. And so we're going to get primed for the NCAA tournament. That's that CBS noise, baby. Let's get it going. Yes, I'm so excited. It's the best time of the year. (laughs) Thank you so much for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every day. Now, I want to encourage you to make Locked On NFL Draft your second listen today. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Hey, thanks so much for spending part of your Friday talking Carolina sports with me. 
man, these Tar Heels are rolling. It's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until next time, peace.